I'm Melissa Currens. And I'm Amy Yersted. And we welcome you to the 13th episode of the What Would Alice Paul Do podcast. This show is about demystifying what it means to be a volunteer with the League of Women Voters today. In this episode, we're talking about town hall antics, which is perfect timing as we gear up for the new legislative session and the 2018 campaign season. Virginia's having a lot of election drama. Yeah, it's crazy. So there's two, there's actually two, okay, so there's two elections. This particular one about the the tie vote. First, the Republican wins by about 10 votes or so. So we have the recount, and then the Democrat wins by one vote. And after we did this count, everybody said, okay, they win. All right, let's go home sort of thing. In this process, even though the winner said I won and the loser said, yes, she won, they found a ballot and said, you know, look at this ballot. The voter's intent was that it's supposed to go for the Republican. And if you've seen in the national news you'll notice that this was an overvote ballot straightforward this person crossed out this marked this so there's two bubbles totally filled in in this race we have new optical scanners for voting this year and as an election officer the training was is that when someone put their ballot in and it was an overvote the optical scanner would kick the ballot out and it would say do you want to go ahead and vote your vote did not count for that race because it was an overvote but for every other race it would have counted so their gubernatorial if it wasn't overvoted it would have counted but this person overvoted. So that optical scanner did not read it. Long story, Virginia has a law. The election officer or the board of election has to determine what the person's vote was when they overvoted in this particular incident. So they did. They said which meant it was a 50-50 or it was a tie. You have to pick a name out of the bowl. The bowl. <laughs> yeah. So that's so that's how that one was done. Right. So the other election drama in Virginia was that there's another race, the 28th district, and I want to say the 88th district. Basically, it was a split precinct. So husband, for example, husband, wife, come in to vote, wife gets one ballot, and husband gets another ballot. Even though they live in the same house, they got two different ballots. Because they live in a split precinct, 147 people got the wrong ballot. Republican candidate won by, I think, 73 votes. I think that they're going to say the GOP won. Like, they're not, they're not going to, they're just going to totally ignore those 147 people. It's totally crap. Like, it's not even fair. So they should have a special election. Both, in my opinion, both of these races uh, should have a special election. It doesn't, you know, I don't care about the parties. You know, when it comes, you know, this is your only opportunity to pick it. Some people would argue that it costs money to have an election, but you know what? It costs more money when people feel that their elections don't have integrity, their votes don't count. And that's that's what's happening right now. Right, it's now more dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and you know what's even more worse about this? Is a woman, she was the register, and apparently she was like trying to tell the state that the split precinct is not working. <laughs> now they're using her as a scapegoat. They're like, oh, and she passed away. So they're like, oh, she passed away. It was her fault. All this happened. And because she's now she's not here to defend her herself in the record, it's so not fair. I had no idea that politics could get this dirty locally, and apparently they can. So, so. wow. You guys are doing better in Ohio, though, right? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> we do have some good news though yeah, the election integrity news. yeah the election integrity commission aka the sham commission uh to investigate trump's claim of three to five million voter fraud incidents that the commission has been decommissioned so that's mm-hmm. awesome that's super good because we know that there wasn't three to five million <laughs> voter fraud incidents however i do have to put out a word of caution i'm a, i'm really worried 
because now President Trump has kicked this can down to DHS, Department of Homeland Security, and that's not good. That is not good news. So I think everyone needs to stay really vigilant because this can get really Orwellian, so, like cybersecurity sort of stuff. I don't know what they're going to do, but it's, everybody's going to have to stay really, really vigilant about this now. Um, what, what do you think someone should do? Should we follow the Department of Homeland Security? I think that I think groups like the Brennan Center for Justice is going to they're going to, you know, help inform the rest of us. So I would I would watch some of these other groups and when they have call to actions, you know, the League of Women Voters and Nationally, Brennan Center, ACLU, all those groups, they're going to they're going to be watching them like a hawk. So I have a lot of faith in their ability to get the scoop right, and organize us when we mm-hmm. and, and get us uh, ready for action. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> For our Deeds Not Words segment, we're talking about how to be an effective advocate at a town hall event. And I am really excited about this segment because it was a great opportunity for us to talk about how to strategize about town halls and get organized so that when they actually happen, we're prepared and we make a big impact. Yeah, I'm really excited about this topic too because I want to be ready. The League of Women Voters has action kits on money and politics as well as redistricting and we'll put those on our website so that you have them and you'll be prepared when you go into your town hall. Okay, so we want to go into a more of a deep dive on how you can be an effective participant in a town hall. So what you want to do first is really educate yourself on the issue. So we suggest going to websites, um, Facebook, Twitter, the Instagram of your elected official. Uh, if you don't know who your U.S. electeds are, go to callmycongress.com. And then for your state, um, go to openstates.org. And then there's a p- webpage called Find Your Legislature. You want to get that contact information and make sure that you even put it in your phone so you can call your elected officials or the candidates as uh, soon as something um, comes out that you want to speak out about. Yep, absolutely. And it's a great time also when you find their websites, you want to sign up for their newsletter and get their Facebook and Twitter announcements so that you, you know what's going on. And this also really goes back to developing that relationship because then you'll you'll know what's going on. You can easily talk with them. You'll feel really confident about some of the things that they're working on. So yeah. And I love getting the newsletter from my elected official. It's just always chock full of really great news. So that's an awesome way to do it. I also set up a lot of Google alerts um, for myself and you can set up Google alerts for uh, these issues and your elected officials. So you can keep track of what the media is saying about these folks. And- yeah. And the, the like, and we actually talked about this on our what two episodes ago on the Alice Paul podcast when we talked about our tech stuff. So if you haven't had the, if you haven't set up a Google alert yet, we talked about how you should have one for League of Women Voters because then you can stay up to date with all the league stuff. But also send, you know, make a Google alert for your elected official so that you can find out, you know, where they're at. Sometimes they'll have announcements about when their town halls or a fundraiser or whatever it may be. Google alerts will keep you up to date on all kinds of good stuff. Uh, another one is to review the elected voting record. So this is really important since we want to see where their values lie so the record will speak for itself. So you can go to votesmart.org or if a group has set up a bill tracker in your area, check that out. So for example, in my state, we have LIS. We can go on that and find what what has been proposed for bills and then which committees, you know, where it's, how it's progressing through the legislature. So it's a, it's really, really helpful. So bookmark um, any kind of bill tracker that you can find for your, your state. 
Another is open secrets. Uh, that'll give you the inside scoop about the money. So the money in politics, I mean, it comes, it always comes back to the money. Find out who or what is contributing to the campaigns. And for state finance details, you just need to Google it or you can ask your league in the area. They'll know Every state's different. You know, some nonprofits have set certain things up. As for nationally, you can go to opensecrets.org and find out where the money's coming from for there. You can also go to the FEC and find stuff there. Uh, I can say for local in Virginia, we have vpap.org and that's, I love it. So if you don't have something like that, maybe consider starting something and follow where the campaign donations are being made. It's it's so helpful to know what people are, yes. what they're paying into. Yeah, I um I think, because um, you're talking about that's the campaign finance reports. Yep. And mm-hmm. so each state's going to have something different. Um, in Ohio, we, ha- we have a different system, but just Google your state and then uh, campaign finance. And I think you'd probably find it. And then the LIS is the uh, legislative information system. And so yeah. that is unique to Virginia, but your state's going to have a, um, some, like a website that's similar to that where you can see the bills and all that kind of stuff. And if you don't, if you don't know where any of this stuff is at, I can guarantee that the state board of the League of Women Voters that you're with, they are going to know all of this stuff. So you just need to send off an email if you're not on the state board right. or know what's going on. They'll, yeah. they'll, they'll tell you. They've been watching that stuff for years. And even uh, cities and towns might even have campaign finance reports. Mm. So that's something else to think about municipalities as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's always fun. (laughs) It is. It is. Yeah. And especially if you want to eventually run or help somebody else run, you're going to want to know the nuts and bolts of this anyway. So it's, you know, now's a great time to really get started. And a town hall uh, event is a great time to jump in. And, you know, if you can get, if you can do the deep dive beforehand, you'll feel really confident once you're at the town hall You'll have all the answers probably before the candidate or the elected <laughs> official even says anything. So it's it's a, it's a good place to be, I have to say. Yes. The next thing you're going to want to do is find the date and location of your member of Congress or your state or representative. You want to find out when and where those town halls are. And if you don't see any, any schedule of it on their website, you know, don't be scared. Just call the office and ask when the next event will be. If the staff person doesn't know when, then ask them to add you to the mailing list so that you'll know when the next event is. Once I learned about the town hall that was happening, I made a Facebook event because they don't have a Facebook event. So I figured if I make it, then I can invite everybody I know and more. You can also do a meetup.com event. You can put it on your group's website, make an event bright. That way you can try to get the word out to as many people as possible. Um, You don't need to have an RSVP. You just need a mechanism for sharing the event. And then that way other people can also take that link and share it even farther out. And Um, yeah, and they can put it on their calendar real easily. So it really just facilitates getting more people at these town halls yeah yeah because if it's just in like just in an email people aren't gonna pay attention to it it's gonna get lost if it's just um, a post like hey meet me here you know you're just putting on a facebook post it's gonna get lost they're gonna forget about it so you got to make it into an event page so that as soon as they put interest or or confirmed an rsvp it'll hit their phone they'll know exactly what's going on it'll remind them the day of and then once you make it then you share it with all your friends and fellow activists this is where you got to sell why it is that they need to be there why does somebody want to take their Saturday morning to come to a town hall 
Most people have never been to town halls and they probably think they sound either intimidating or they sound either boring. So you need to get butts in the seats because you want as many people to see and meet the candidates or the electeds. And so you need to tell them how this event is their chance to really make a difference. It's also their chance to hear what the elected represents, you know, what they value. And this is how we hold people accountable. You know, town halls often get into the news, so people might have like a skewed sense of what a town hall is. And if you could, you know, help guide them along, um, they might be more willing to attend. Or if they want to see a circus, it might be. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But hopefully not. Hopefully this is going to be really um, informative and interesting. There's some friends, I have a lot, that are nervous. So carpooling, reassuring them that no one's going to yell at them at this town hall. Maybe have a coffee date beforehand. Make it as easy as possible and help support them. You know, maybe you take them to one, they'll come to many after that Mm -hmm. is the hope. Might just need, they might just need you to carpool with them the one time and then they're ready to go. And of course, for all of our Alice Paul type friends who are totally kick ass, um, and thank you, Lord, that we have so many of those, you better treat them to wine afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> you also want to share the event date and the location with other groups. So not just with, you know, the few select people that you know that are going to help, but you really, you want to use those Facebook groups, um, internal groups, uh, you know, other activist groups, churches, civics groups, whatever you want to, you, like I said, you want to get as many butts in the seat. So invite as many groups as you can. You know, if you have a flyer, that's great. Or if not, give them that Facebook event, uh, link or whatever link you're using. Everyone needs an invite to the civics party. So share it even also email, you know, text message, social media, everything. You can do a literature drop if you want. And if you have some extra cash for printing, So you want to craft questions that you want to ask for the day of the town hall. So like, you know, really think about these questions before you get there. That way you're not kind of caught off guard and, you know, you want to be strategic about it. So bring them with you. Like I said before, we have an action kit. So if your issues are like mine, which is redistricting and money and politics, and I don't think any state has figured out how to make the money and politics situation work out better for democracy. So that's always an issue you can work on. Um, We're going to share those links. So you'll have some some questions already generated for you, Um, but it'll be helpful to go also on your members' voting record to see how they voted in the past. That way you can ask them about that. Okay, so the day of the town hall, seating. Make sure you and your friends, your Alice Paul, your newbies, other organizations that you are friends friendly with, don't sit together. What? I, I, I know. It's you. It's comfortable. You got your date. It's going to be super fun. No, mm-mm. don't sit together. You want to sit in different places in the room so that the, the member of Congress or whoever it is that is going to be speaking, they don't know that you all are working together. Oh. You want to you be in different parts of the room. Um, cause then it's going to sound like as you're asking these questions that this is kind of like the, what the feel of the community is. Mm. If your team is using any kind of like literature or if you have any signs, make sure you don't come into the room together holding all of that stuff either. You want to pass out the goodies before you come into the building. And also huge, huge, go back to that techie episode. You want to assign someone to take video of your team asking questions and of the elected or the candidate's answers. And you want to put it on, so you can either do a recording of it or you can do Facebook Live or Periscope. That's Periscope is Twitter, but you got to record it because there's a lot of people that couldn't be there um, and they need to see this. And you want to have this so that you can share it all over the place. You know, you're going to be sharing it in your, you might share it in your email later or your website or your Facebook or your Twitter. You can take out pieces of it. Wow. Yes. I mean, I'm just still like surprised at this not sitting together. It just, it looks like the community. I mean, imagine if you're standing out there on the podium or whatever, and people from all different parts of the room are now asking you questions. It's like, 
what? Wait a minute. What happened here? You know, right. it's, you know, everybody really cares about this issue. I had no idea sort of thing. So as opposed to like, you know, you're these group of four people over here. Oh, they're just, you know, they're just crazy passionate about that issue. Right. They got one person who and then they got three of their friends to sit with them. But who knows mm-hmm. if they really all care? The other okay. thing is to stay visible. Everyone in your team needs to raise their hand. So that remember, your team isn't sitting together, though, but they everybody's constantly raising their hands, being very visible so that you can't be ignored. And sometimes there's going to be video cameras. You know, there might be some camera equipment in there. And if you if the camera equipment's picking up all these hands all the time, it's going to show that everybody's very engaged in this conversation and wants to be heard. And, you know, you have your questions ready. And whenever you ask a question and, you know, you and make sure you talk about this team before you all go in. But you ask a question and if you guys like what you're hearing, you know, celebrate that, you know, applaud. Or if someone asked a tough question, applaud that tough question. And if the elected or the candidate gives an answer that you don't like, like for instance, if, you know, someone asked about publicly financed elections and the the elected says, if you go and knock on 7,000 doors, um, you can get elected. And he's very patronizing about it. Um, That's a good time to boo. That actually happened to me. So, (laughs) wow. Yeah. So, you know, support your, your people and it's, it'll be, it'll reflect it into, you know, into the video. And it's, you know, it's, it's kind of scary anyways to be talking in front of people like that. So you are supporting them, but you're also holding that person who's on the stage accountable for his or her decisions. If they try to cut you off, so if you're asking a tough question and say they have a staff person that's trying to cut you off, still be polite, but be strong. Keep asking. Uh, the other members that are in your team, they can try to follow up on on that question as well if the situation for your side doesn't go as, as easy as you were hoping for it. And that's why you have the team and that's why you guys coordinated before you went in. And you talk about that. Like if everybody knows, we want to get an answer to this question. Yep. So keep so, asking and, it. Yep. And just make sure everybody keep your hands up at that town hall and your hands are visible the whole time so that you know they don't think that you stop being engaged. So yep. One person down, everybody else has got their back. So after the town hall, the work's still not over. So reach out to any uh, reporters or press that were either at the event or maybe they weren't able to make it and you can follow up with them. You want to talk about what you saw and any concerns that you have. Um, this is a great time. Reporters always want to hear from the community. So you, maybe you'll even get a quote in a story or you might be on TV um, with an interview. Uh, you want to use Twitter to keep the conversation going. You want to talk to reporters there as well. Share your video on the various platforms that Amy was talking about. And really, don't be afraid to share clips several times. I mean, people aren't on a social media all the time, so repeating is not going to um, upset anybody. We talked about this in one of our episodes about putting the period before the at symbol on Twitter to make sure that more people read your tweets. And then you can use the reporter uh, handle as well with, with the period before the at symbols. And so after you talk to the press, you also want to think about following up with your elected official. Did you like their answers? If you did, let them know. If you were disappointed or angry, let them know that too. This is an opportunity where you can do a follow-up with their staff. So make an appointment. Absolutely. Yeah. If I mean, if your member was being a total jackass, your friends and followers, they're going to hear about it. They're going to see it on the video. Really great time to try to go and make an appointment, you know, orchestrate phone calls so that have all of your people on the team make phone calls about those issues that, you know, you feel so passionate about. Have the postcard parties or a letter writing campaign. You really want to keep the heat so that they know that you really care about this issue. Another thing you can also do to keep the heat and they read the paper just like everybody else's is write an article in your newspaper 
newspaper or in your newsletter, newspaper is going to go bigger about what happened at that town hall and then encourage others to do the same. Like we said, not everybody was there and maybe not everybody can see that video. You know, those that didn't see the video and who aren't connected to social media, they might actually read the newspaper. And so by having an op-ed piece, you know, you're going to get another group of people who are going to know what happened and the issues that your community cares about. So it's, it really is like you're totally blanketing your community and the voters in it about this town hall, what happened, what questions were or were not answered. And so it's, uh, that's, that's what it is about um, how to make an impact and be effective. A communication piece is a huge part of a town hall. Can I ask you a question, Amy? What's up? So if you, um, like, would you wear your League of Women Voters button to a town hall? No, I would not. Okay. That's what I was thinking, no. that it's because it's about the community, not about the organization. Yeah, especially in this case. If you're going to be aggressive like this, I probably would not. Okay. Unless your league is, you know, I mean, you might, I mean, it depends. If your board got together and your board said, you know, we can't, we just can't be there, be doing this you know, like say you're say redistricting is the issue and you know that voters are getting disenfranchised and your board is like, we're going to make a stand on this. We have worked with this person and that person is not working back. We're going to have a presence. So, yeah. So you just want to keep in mind, you don't want to speak for the league. You know, if the league organizes this like a presence at this town hall, then that would be the time to wear your league button or your league shirt. And it sounds like you wouldn't want to wear like matching T-shirts or anything because you want it to look like it's from the community. Like these issues are coming from the community versus organized groups. Yeah, I think it depends. I think that that would be a really great conversation to have with your your local board or your organization. I'm coming at this right now as an activist with other activists. You know, we may or may not be in the league. We know that we're passionate about, you know, money and politics or redistricting or voting rights. And so we're going to raise some hell because we're seeing that democracy is not working um, in the way that it was supposed to. This is a strategic campaign. The board might be different. The, The league board might want to work with that candidate. Or that elected official, so they might be a little more reserved on their tactics. I like this topic because it, it just makes you like more effective as a as like a citizen. Yeah, it's not just yeah. league. Can you tell? There's a lot more to a town hall than just showing up. It's <laughs> it's so much about strategy and and knowing your stuff. Yeah, it is, and it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't always have to be. You can. I mean, I I promise you can just show up. It, that's okay. <laughs> that's actually great. <laughs> but if there's something that you really are fired up about. There is there's a, a way to, to be impactful. So that's what this is all about is we want you to know that if you want to be really impactful, this is how you do it. Yeah, so. These are the steps to, to, you know, make it happen. But if you, you know, I've been to my fair share of town halls where I wasn't very impactful. So <laughs> and, you know, it came out all right. Everything's fine. My person is still doing what they always did. So. Right. <laughs> I'm going to be more impactful from here on out. Right. That's our that's our re- um, resolution. There we go. Yeah. So check us out at alicepaulpodcast.com. Make sure that you subscribe to us on Apple Podcast. Uh, you can do that just right on your iPhone and any place that you listen to podcasts, we are there. Yep, and make sure you give us a rating. I think my husband and myself are the only two people that actually rated this podcast. No, no, we um, we actually, we have a rating now. Yeah, we are um, we are five star. But I, how many people? Well, it doesn't tell you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think Mike and I are the only oh, ones no, that Oh, no, you have to stars. have more than five. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, great. Awesome. <laughs> We're five stars. <laughs> but you know, if you uh, you want to rate us on on Apple Podcast, you can also leave a review. Ooh. Yes. We like reviews. Yes. You know, sometimes we need those little pats on the back. So come on.
stairstep, we ask, what would Alice Paul do? We reject the idea that town halls are intimidating and boring. This is where we hit the pavements. We hold our electeds accountable. Show them you're listening, engaged, and informed. Bring your friends, in person and virtually, and make a strategy that will make an impact long after the town hall is over. You got this. Until next time.